This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'm your host for today's episode and for every episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Apologies for missing Tuesday's episode and for also not having a three stars of the week ready for today's episode. It's been a pretty trying week, but I won't get into all the boring details of my personal life. Let's get into the fun details of what we're going to talk about here on today's episode. It's going to be my first NHL trade deadline primer of the 2021-22 season. It is right now, the day this comes out, Friday, January 21st, exactly two months ahead of the March 21st NHL trade deadline. There's going to be several moves made in the next two months. There's so many players that are currently on the trade block. They're circulating throughout trade rumors. The rumor mill is fired up, and we'll talk about seven of those names on today's episode, seven of the biggest names and the best players that could potentially be on the move here in the next 8 to 10 weeks in the National Hockey League. We're going to talk about their current situation. We're going to talk about some great fits for them. And we're going to talk about what that will do to the teams they go to. So let's get it started with John Klingberg of the Dallas Stars. Obviously a right shot defenseman that has a scoring ability. He can move the puck. That is in high demand always. The fact that he's a pending UFA and will be clearly a rental also drives the price down a little bit, making it a little bit easier to maneuver for different teams. Now the Dallas stars have shown at points this season to be a very good team. They're a team that any given day they can go out there and they can beat you. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of young talent, but you look at the back end, John Klingberg seems to be on his way out in Dallas. There were the reports a couple weeks ago that he was not happy there, that contract negotiations were not going well with the Dallas Stars. And you also look at the fact that, you know, Essa Lindell is getting paid more than him down there. You look at John Klingberg, or sorry, excuse me, Miro Haskinen, who just got paid down there and who he's now the number one guy there. It seems like John Klingberg's days in Dallas are numbered. This season hasn't been a prolific scoring season for him. He has only one goal, but 22 points in total in 32 games played. So he still has that scoring touch, but he hasn't really been able to find the back of the net. Like I said, he's a pending UFA. So where do I think he could end up? I kind of circled some Western Conference teams that I think he would fit in with. Obviously, Klingberg is a big body defenseman. So that tends to lead more towards Western Conference style of play. So I think he'd be a perfect fit for Anaheim, who might be looking for an upgrade on a great season that they're having. They might need a little bit of help heading into the postseason. I think he would be a nice addition there. The Calgary Flames, listen, John Klingberg seems like a perfect fit for Daryl Sutter hockey, or at least defensive Daryl Sutter hockey. And the Flames might need a little bit extra to get over that hump, because once they get into the playoffs, they haven't been really good. And they've even dropped towards the middle of this season, they might need a rejuvenation and adding a guy like John Klingberg might be what does it, especially once they're now starting to get back to playing a lot more games and they're going to have several games to make up from all the COVID cancellations. 
The other team that I have circled for John Klingberg, maybe the Minnesota Wild. You look at their right side, you think, okay, it's pretty good there. They're they're leaning on Kalen Addison, the, the young star from the third pairing right defense. If you could add John Klingberg to that decor, I think that just takes it to another level. And when I you look at the, the Minnesota Wild, they're a team that, you know, they look good. They've looked really good at points this season, but they still seem like they might be missing something to be, you know, a pivotal cup contender. And John Klingberg might be that piece. I mean, I'm going to mention the Minnesota Wild several times in this episode because I do think that they're missing a couple big pieces. Now, do I think they're going to be able to go out and get all of these players that I mentioned? No, but bringing one of them in, I think, severely increases their chances of being a contender, especially in a central division that right now is housing the the Colorado Avalanche, who are on an absolute roll, the Nashville Predators, who've been really good all season long, the St. Louis Blues, who have had a good year as well, so... We'll see what happens with Klingberg, but I do, especially seeing how everything is shaking out with in the media with him and the Dallas Stars and the contract topics, I wouldn't be surprised to see John Klingberg on the move, especially if another Western Conference team comes knocking with a nice offer. Let's move over to Mark Giordano of the Seattle Kraken. He was selected by the Kraken in, of course, the expansion draft last summer. He is the captain for the Seattle Kraken. Is it surprising that they would name a captain and then he'd be gone the next year? Yes. Is it less surprising knowing that he is a pending unrestricted free agent and he wasn't necessarily the happiest to be going and leaving Calgary in the first place? Yeah. So a Kraken team that has no playoff hopes this year. Let's let's be honest. It's a nice first season for them, but they're taking their lumps. They're taking their expansion team lumps. Trading a guy that is an older player in Mark Giordano only makes sense. Get something back for him. Help build for the future there, because if you're holding on to Mark Giordano, one, he might not even re-sign with Seattle, and two, you're holding on to an aging player on the backside that you don't necessarily need. So I would imagine he gets dealt at the deadline, or at least before the deadline. Four goals on the season, 14 points in 33 games played. He's a left-shot defenseman, but there's a lot of teams that I could see needing an experienced defenseman on the left side. I already mentioned the Calgary Flames when I talked about John Klingberg. I won't talk about him too much here, but I could see Giordano heading back to the Flames. I mean, he loved his time in Calgary. He was not too happy to leave. I could see the Flames dishing out some money or some assets to the Seattle Kraken to get Mark Giordano back on their roster. It wouldn't be the first time that the Kraken dealt a player that they selected back to their team. Obviously, you think about Vitek Vanacek. You think about Nate Bastian of the New Jersey Devils. It would be, what, the third or fourth time that they've done it? So I wouldn't be surprised if Giordano heads back to Calgary. Another team that I mentioned, or at least noted down here, the New York Rangers. I mean, the Rangers are a team that they prepped for playoffs last offseason. They prepped. They got their bigger guys. They got their depth guys. Now... They just need one piece here, maybe one piece there, and they're going to be all set for the playoffs. They have their goaltender in Igor Shosturkin, who is going to finish in top five in Vezina voting. They have a great offense. There might be potentially an area they could add offensively, but I think the bigger need is defensively. Be able to protect a guy like Igor Shosturkin, and I think Giordano would be a nice addition to it. Now, when I mention left-sided defensemen that could really help a team... I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs right away. I mean, this is a team that they need veteran presence there. They're still generally a very young team. And you look at the left side of their defense, they have Sandine and Dermott as their second and third pairing defensemen on the left side. You can't tell me that Mark Giordano's not a great 
upgrade over both of those guys. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Maple Leafs are targeting a left-side defenseman, Giordano being probably one of the best options in that area. Let's move over to a forward side, and probably the biggest prize of the NHL trade deadline this year, if he happens to get traded, because the San Jose Sharks, as of right now, are floating around a playoff spot, even though they don't have the games in hand that, you know, the Flames or the Edmonton Oilers have right behind them. But the Sharks right now are in a good position. You know, they could potentially be a playoff team this year. So why would they want to trade their, probably their best player this season in Tomas Hurdle? Well, he is a pending UFA. They're probably not going to be able to pay for him. They're still technically, even though they're close to a playoff spot, they should technically be in a rebuild as of right now. And Tomas Hurdle would do so much, at least trading him, would do so much in moving that needle forward and getting plenty of assets back to help spark this rebuild for the San Jose Sharks. But 21 goals, 37 points in 41 games played. Hurdle is having an absolutely phenomenal season. Like I mentioned, he's a pending UFA. So if the Sharks don't think they can re-sign him, this is the best time to trade him. This is going to be the piece this year that if he's traded, will garner the most in return. He is the truest of true rentals for this year's trade deadline. And he's one of the biggest targets and biggest names on the board. He could be, you know, a second line center for any of these contending teams. Most of them already have their first line center figured out, but he could be a really, really good upgrade as a second line center or an even better upgrade as a third line center. If you want to put him in that slot. I think the Minnesota Wild are always looking for centers. I mean, you love Joel Eriksson Eck. He's a great addition there. But a guy like Tomas Hurdle just adds a different layer to the Minnesota Wild. Like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Klingberg, it might be one of those pieces that pushes them over to the top in one of these series. Last year, they were close in a series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe a guy like Hurdle helps push them over the top there. Uh, the Boston Bruins, they need help everywhere on the forward side that's not the perfection line. I mean, Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, you're fine there. Taylor Hall is a winger. You're fine there. But right now they have Eric Hall as their second line center. Charlie Coyle is their third line center. So if you could bump those guys down, maybe Hall is a 4C, Coyle is a 3C, and Tomas Hurdle is a 2nd C. The Bruins are already a team that are sneakily climbing up everybody's power rankings, everybody's standings. Getting Tuka Rask back was huge. This is a team that has games in hand on basically everybody. This is going to be a dangerous team, and if they could add a guy like Tomas Hurdle, I wouldn't be surprised if they're right back into contention as one of the favorites in the Eastern Conference. That is going to be a tough Eastern Conference, don't get me wrong, but the Bruins, they're coming hard. Uh, the other team that I have down here is the St. Louis Blues. I, I think the Blues could use another center. Uh, do I think that Hurdle and the Sharks or specifically the Sharks general managers, are going to want to send Hurdle to a team like the Blues, who they've been pretty heated combatants with in the postseason a couple of years. Do I think that that's going to happen? Maybe. Do I think the Blues could definitely use a guy like Tomas Hurdle? Definitely. So I don't know where he's going to go. Those are the three teams that I look at, and I think, you know, that would make sense for these teams to pay up for Tomas Hurdle, especially... You know, you look at the, the Bruins and the Blues. They're two teams that have, you know, kind of older cores. You're trying to win now. You kind of want to add a guy that could be a true, I mean, you'd like to sign him back. They did sign back Taylor Hall last year after getting him as a rental. But realistically, Tomas Hurdle is going to be a true rental because he's going to be fetching a lot of money next offseason. So what do you have to pay for him? Probably not as much, but do you get him? And does it really severely help your team? I, I do believe so. 
The only goaltender that I want to talk about before we head to break really quickly, the only goaltender that I have on this list, there's several goalies that, that could be on the move. Obviously, Jonas Corposalo in Columbus, uh, Alexander Yorgiev out of New York. But obviously the biggest name, if he even gets moved, is Marc-Andre Fleury. He's on a contract year. He is making $7 million against the cap, but you would imagine the Chicago Blackhawks are going to retain at least half of that because the Blackhawks don't really have a hope at making the playoffs, and they probably want to get something back, especially considering they didn't really trade anything for Marc-Andre Fleury. The one issue is Marc-Andre Fleury does have that no-trade clause. He has to submit a list. makes it a little bit more difficult to move, but you look at his numbers on a really bad team in Chicago this year. He's 13-11-3. Not awful. 2.69 goals allowed average. Not awful. 9.16 save percentage. Pretty good. And 2.73 goal saved above average. Again, not awful, especially when you consider he's playing on a really bad team. Now, the problem is, when I look at the playoffs, a lot of these teams are set at starting goaltender. Like, there's not a lot of teams that have question marks for their starting side. So are you really going to pay whatever it's going to take to get Marc-Andre Fleury to be a backup? I mean, I know a lot of Penguins fans are like, yeah, he could back up Tristan Jari. Yeah, that's a pipe dream. Not going to happen. But some of these other teams... Possibly. Maybe the Minnesota Wild? I mean, Cam Talbot's been pretty good. Capo Kakinen's been pretty good as well. Do you really want to mess with the team and trade out an asset for a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury? Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. See, that that one is a big question mark to me. The two one teams that are a little bit more solidified in my belief that they could potentially swing this trade... Obviously, the Edmonton Oilers. The question is, why hasn't he been traded to the Oilers already? A lot of people are asking that. I mean, the Oilers need so much help, but a big portion of that is the fact that they re-signed Mike Smith, and he's missed a lot of the season. Stuart Skinner's okay, but he's very young, and he's not going to be able to carry a load, especially for a team that is not really helping him defensively. And, you know, Miko Koskinen, who, let's not pretend to think that Miko Koskinen's going to be able to One, get this team to the playoffs on his own. And two, be any sort of good in the postseason. They need Marc-Andre Fleury. This is the team that makes the most sense. The other team I was going to mention was the Capitals. Obviously, they have Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. They're both really good young goaltenders. But if you want to go for it this season, I don't know what they want. But you would imagine, you know, tail end of Ovechkin's career, you know he's going for the goals record. But you also want to win playoff games, right? You want to get him a second cup. That'd be great for them. Maybe bring in a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, a guy that... They've had a history, a storied history, I should say, with bring in that guy. That might push him over the edge and also throw Penguins fans in a frenzy. But I really think the only true team that he should be going to, the one that he can make the biggest impact, is the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, again, I don't know why this move hasn't already been made. You look at them and they're they're engulfed in the Evander Kane story right now. You see Leon Dreisaitl's press conference where... He's being called pissy by Jim Matheson, and clearly he's not happy. Nobody in Edmonton is. They continue to lose. Thursday night, they got shellacked 6 to nothing to the Florida Panthers. It's not a good sign right now for the Edmonton Oilers, and if they want to turn it around, why are you waiting? Pull the trigger on this Marc-Andre Fleury deal. If it doesn't work, you already have big problems. At least this shows that you're trying to fix it. I'm going to cut to a quick commercial break to pay the bills, and then when I come back... I got three more trade deadline targets that I want to talk about with you guys. I'll be right back. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, 
new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action for the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We're going to finish off this inaugural trade deadline primer with three more players that could be on the trade block that are all around the rumor mill and talk about where they could potentially go. Now, there's two players from the Arizona Coyotes that I want to talk about because the Coyotes, you know, surprisingly, they're not in last place. Hopefully, you know, I want them to get the first pick. This organization needs the first overall pick. They need Shane Wright. One of the things that they need to do is start trading assets as well. I mean, just break it all down. If you're going to break it down for sure, make sure you break it down the whole way and build back from there. I understand you needed tickets and you needed to put butts in seats this year. Hence the reason you hung on to a guy like Jacob Chikrin, we'll talk about. You hung on to a guy like Phil Kessel. You needed to sell those new Kachina jerseys. A lot of Kessels that you see out there. A lot of Kessel jerseys. You need a guy like Clayton Keller. And that's where the buck stops for me. You don't trade Clayton Keller. You got to keep somebody. And he's, of these guys, the youngest. And I think he has the most potential there to be able to be a guy that is still around and still producing whenever you eventually, and yeah, at least Gary Bettman hopes, they're eventually back into at least contending for a playoff spot. So I don't think Clayton Keller goes anywhere. Phil Kessel, on the other hand, you know, you kept him there. You, you sold the Kachina jerseys with Kessel on it. You, you got some production out of him. It's time to trade him. I mean, the Phil Kessel experiment, you see all the other pieces that came in with him. Rick Tockett, Taylor Hall, they're all gone. So there's no sense in keeping Kessel and holding on to a very small, very unsuccessful era of Coyotes hockey. So Phil Kessel's probably on the move. I mean, he's a pending UFA. Who knows if he would have re-signed in Arizona anyway? Probably not. He probably wants to go somewhere to compete. I know he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, but really nothing is going right for his career in Arizona unless he wants to just sit there and get a paycheck in an area that has plenty of nice golf courses. But Phil Kessel this year, five goals, 27 points at this point of his career. He is a facilitator. He's a guy that's going to go out there and be a playmaker. He still has that ability to be a snipe show, but at the same exact time, I don't see him putting up 20 goals, 30 goals, and then in a playoff run, I don't see him being able to put up 15 goals in a playoff run, but he's a guy that'll come out and score timely goals. He still has that shot, but more specifically, he is a playmaker. 
He's a guy that can go into your top six with your sniper, and he can set him up perfectly. He can draw attention, and then if, when need be, he can finish things off as well. Who do I think needs something like that? I could see the New York Rangers adding somebody like Kessel. I could see the Washington Capitals adding somebody like Phil Kessel, just kind of solidifying their top six. Or somebody like the Nashville Predators. I mean, Luke Cunnan has had a really good season for them. He's their second-line right winger. You can't tell me that allowing Cunnan to be a third-line right winger and adding Phil Kessel into that second line would not be a tremendous upgrade for the Nashville Predators. They're a team that's already shocked basically everybody. They're doing it on the backs of great goaltending, really good defense, and surprisingly amazing offensive productive seasons from guys like Philip Forsberg, from a guy like Matt Duchesne, who's up there on the first line. Add a guy like Phil Kessel, your offense becomes a little bit more potent, and when you have everything else in place like you do, that would be perfect. That would make them, to me, a contender in the Central Division. I don't know if they'd be able to go toe-to-toe with the Avalanche in a seven-game series, but this would certainly help their chances. Uh, The other player from this team that I do need to mention is Jacob Chikrin. Now, when everything was being broken down in the offseason, Connor Garland trade, uh, uh, you know, Oliver ekman Larson trade. Uh, who else did they trade away? I mean, they traded away a handful of other players as well. But when that was all happening, the thought process was Jacob Chikrin's the guy that's going to stay here and you're going to build around Chick. You know, Chick for Norris was up all year last year. You think that this guy is young. He's a left shot D. He's the guy that they, they stick around. He has three years left at $4.6 million each. But again, if you're going to break it down, why are you going to hold on to your best piece? Jacob Chikrin, with three years locked down, that carries him to unrestricted free agency at the age of 26. With three more years locked down on contract, he's a very valuable asset. I know he hasn't had a really good season, so a team's going to have to probably buy low on him, and that might hurt the Arizona Coyotes. But if you're going to break it down, do it the right way. I understand that Jacob Chikrin is a really good young defenseman and Arizona fans and Arizona sports media, they're not going to want to let go of a guy like this, even though he's having a bad season. But if you trade him, even though he's having a down year, people are going to buy for the potential there. A team like the Anaheim Ducks have a lot of pieces they could send back to you. They are surprised that they're even going on a run. So they might buy a guy like Jacob Chikrin. I could see him fitting in well on that team. More specifically, the LA Kings. I look at that team, it's a team that was forced by its stars back into contention this year. And they're playing really good hockey. I mean, luckily for them, Cal Peterson has been okay, but Jonathan Quick has stepped it up to another level. Luckily for them, a lot of their players are really, really stepping it up this year. I mean, Philip Deneau is having a good first year there. Victor Arvidsson having a good first year there. Their young players in Kaliev and Turcotte finally making their debuts. Quinton Byfield is finally back in the fold. So the Kings are in a good spot. Adding a guy like Chicken will really show, especially their their decor and their older core of Kopitar and Dowdy, that they really want to go for it. And honestly, in a Pacific division that is not all that strong, that might give them a shot to potentially go on a run. Adding a guy like Chicken and maybe being in a new area, maybe being in a new franchise, will revitalize Chicken so he can show all the promise that he showed in years past with the Arizona Coyotes. And I also think that Chicken to the Rangers has some level of gravity to it. Like I said, Chris Drury added, I mean, he went and added Ryan Reeves, Barkley Goodrow, Sammy Blay. He added those depth, grinding, grimy players for the postseason. 
He has a lot of skilled players. Now, if you can think that he could bolster that defense in front of Igor Shesterkin, he would. So maybe Jacob Chikrin's an option there as well. Like I said, having a bad season, that might lower the price. But again, the price also balances out when the fact that you have him for three more years. He's not a true rental. So we'll see what happens with Chikrin. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting to watch Arizona coming up on the trade deadline. Will they continue a fire sale, which they probably should? The only reason they're not in dead last this year is because the Montreal Canadiens are so absolutely embarrassingly bad. But we'll see what happens with that. I mean, there's a lot of players on the Canadians that I could have talked about. I know some people have said Brendan Gallagher, his contract is massive and he's injured right now. So I don't know how that would work. But maybe a guy like Toffoli he has some years left on his contract. They're just, they have a lot of their players signed through many years, which means that it's probably going to be a little bit harder to move them, especially with so many pending unrestricted free agents on the market and so many teams right now in contention because the league, there's so much parity that these teams, they might not be like, okay, this is the last chance we have for it. We want to send the house. Or maybe this is the best chance a lot of these teams have to go for it because the league is so even this year. So you never know what's going to happen there. But there's one last player that I want to talk about. And honestly, I think whichever team this player goes to is going to make a run. Because although he's kind of fallen out of favor as a top 5, top 10 player in the National Hockey League, he's had a really good year on a really bad team. And that's Claude Giroux of the Philadelphia Flyers. 12 goals, 31 points, and 37 games played. This is a guy that can play center. This is a guy that can play wing. He could really help a lot of teams right now that are currently on a bubble playoff spot or just in a playoff spot. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. The Flyers, I talked about it when I did a watch-along for the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. I did one of the Penguins-Flyers game, and a Flyers fan asked me, what do the Flyers need to do? Like, what do you think they need to do now? And I get why Chuck Fletcher last offseason said, hey, we need to retool and see what we can do one last time with this core. But it failed miserably. You finally need to break it all down and rebuild. You started it in the offseason, got rid of Goss Despair, got rid of Patrick, a couple of pretty big mistakes that they had already made. You got rid of Voracek. That started it. You brought in a guy like Cam Atkinson who could help you win now. But looking at this roster, they do have some young talent. Morgan Frost is there. He's pretty good. Cam York on the defensive side is pretty good as well. I like Travis Konechny. He's a little bit older, but he's a guy to build around. Claude Giroux, on the other hand, I think it's time. It's, it's weird to say because Claude Giroux has been a, you know, so synonymous with Philadelphia Flyers hockey. But I think it's time that Claude Giroux gets traded and they finally get some value back on their you know, franchise center. Like I said, pending UFA, he can play the left wing. He can play center. I think he would fit in the Western Conference really well. The style of play that he has, I think, would match the Western Conference really, really well. And I would say either, you know, the the Kings, potentially, for all the reasons I've already stated that they need another piece. Calgary Flames, I could clearly see Claude Giroux thriving in a Daryl Sutter-type offense. He's lost a little bit of that offensive ability, but he still has the shot. He still has the ability. He still has, obviously, the grit and the strength. He could thrive with Daryl Sutter up there in Calgary. So that's a potential spot. And then maybe the Winnipeg Jets. You know, that's the first time I've mentioned the Jets this entire episode. But if you add a guy like Claude Giroux, we already know that they have an absolutely star-studded forward core. So why do they need a guy like Claude Giroux to go in there? It's not like they don't have 
guys like Blake Wheeler and, and Paul Statsny as veterans there. But I think they need a guy like Claude Giroux to go in there. And clearly, he's an upgrade on Paul Statsny. As much as people don't want to admit it, he's having a much better season than Blake Wheeler, who is injured right now. But Giroux is much better than those guys. As of this season, at least his performance. I think he just adds that extra element to them that can make them go far. I mean, Claude Giroux, P.L. Dubois, that kind of style. Paul Maurice, when he left, said this is a good team. They just need something else. They need a different voice. They need something else. Well, a leader like Claude Giroux could come in and take a little bit of the pressure off Blake Wheeler. Maybe that unlocks Blake Wheeler. Maybe a little bit of the pressure of the captaincy comes off of his shoulders with another team captain coming in. And maybe they turn things around, they get into the playoffs, and they have the players right now to be a very dangerous team. I mean, this team on paper should be much, much better than they are. Adding a guy like Claude Giroux can only be beneficial to them. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you for uh, suffering along with me as I'm dealing with a sore throat right now. Uh, But that's going to be it. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you guys next week.